As we have met to, to worship today, let's see what God has for us. The title of the message is The Next Season. Now, I don't know what you think about when you think about the next season. But the verse I want to use is from Matthew uh, 5.16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, let's get back to some seasons. Uh, we're coming out of the winter season, and we're coming into the spring, and, and then you know summer follows spring, and fall follows summer, and so on. Think, think with me how the seasons change. We don't have spring one day and summer the next day, but there's a, there's a gradual a movement of time between one seasons and the other. They slowly change. And I want us to liken that to our lives, our spiritual lives, our physical lives, that we change from one season of our life to another. So let's think back. We start out in our childhood years, and then we transition into our teens. Then we become early adults, and then we move into the middle-aged bracket, and then, of course, climaxed by the senior years. And generally, we are anticipating the next season. And when I say anticipating, that doesn't mean we're always looking forward to it. But we know it's coming, and we should maximize each season that we're living in. And it takes a period of time to change from one to the other. So in the message today, I want to consider three seasons of life. First of all, let's consider the past, the past season of life. And maybe along with that, what did you learn? And let's analyze the current season of life we're in. And now we're all sitting here this morning. I guess I'm not sitting, but we're, we're all in a different age bracket. So our current season is different. You know, the current season for a 10-year-old is different than a current season for a 60-year-old. But it's still the current season. And then what do you anticipate in the next season? So along with the seasons in our life, I want to think about the word influence. Now you, you may think that, well, what does influence have to do with the season? And, and the gist of it is, what influence do you have on others in each season of life? Let, let me just read these couple verses here in Matthew chapter 5, where the text comes from. In Matthew chapter 5, we could um, maybe back up as far as verse 11 says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, isn't that interesting? It's talking about persecution. It's talking about difficult times in your life. 
And then right on that, you're supposed to be the salt of the earth. And then it talks about being the light of the world. And a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and give light unto all that are in the house. And here's then our verse for today. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So it's almost implying that when hard times come, persecutions come, and a variety of troubles and such, it brings out what's really in us. And is that going to bring out the salty saltiness that we are to be? And will we let our light shine, not for our own good, not for our own elevation, but that our Father in heaven will be glorified. So, influence is that invisible force in one's personality that causes others to act. Now, you might say, well, I, I don't have that ability. Well, you don't? Well, a lot of times that's right. We, others don't act like we would like for them to, to by our instruction or whatever, but that definition still is true. All of us influence others either for good or bad. And it's true that some people's invisible force is stronger on others than, than others. And do you know that influence happens a lot of times when the person doing the influence don't know they're doing the influence? Okay, back in the early 70s, I was in Georgia in voluntary service, and I was serving at this institution, and they had a 50-acre vegetable garden, and they had a farm, and they had chickens, and they had hogs, and all this stuff. And so in the winter months, we weren't as busy on our, we had winter garden, but we didn't, weren't as busy. And so the garden crew would work with the yard crew sometimes. And so on this particular day, we was at one of the houses of the institution where one of the people lived that was in management. And we were taking a tree out of the yard. And, and this, this root of this, this tree, they had cut the top off the tree and we had this big stump and it had dozens of roots, and we had a farm oil tractor, I believe it was, that trying to pull this stump out and couldn't pull it out. And there was probably a dozen or so of us around there, and we just all concluded that this was impossible. We, we couldn't not with this tractor get this, root, this stump out. But there was one old man, and he was a little man, and he had a uh, like a, a hoe and don't you know he started walking around cutting these roots with this little hoe or matic and we, we all just thought this was a joke how are you going to get this humongous tr uh, tree out of the ground with these dozens of strong roots and the tractor couldn't pull it 
And he just kept on. And, by, and to, to our shame, we wasn't helping him because we didn't have faith it would work. And he just kept going around the tree, cutting this root, cutting that root. He cut the next root. He just kept on for a good while. And don't you know, the tractor was able to pull it out. Because of this one man's persistence, this one man's faith in his project, the rest of them didn't believe in it. And, and, and that, that, that spoke to me. That had an influence on me. He didn't know it, I'm sure, but he had an influence on me. And you know, we can have influence on others in a positive way whether it's a physical way like that or in, in a spiritual sense. And so some questions come to each of us. You know, we, we have this concern. What, what comes out of me? Will it be good for others? Being a godly person in life, in our private and our secret aspects, including our thoughts and our desires, determine... You know, our secret life, our thoughts and our desires determines those invisible vibes that go out to other people from your personality. And it's, it's important that we remember that. I think of another situation where it's, it's, it's similar in its lesson that I was with a group of people and we were helping a man move, helping a family move from one house to another, maybe 20 miles away. And so we were all around there helping load boxes and helping load furniture and you know how it is on moving day and one person's doing this and one's doing that. Sometimes a bunch of us would stop and wait on further direction except one man, he did not. He kept on the move all the time. He was always doing something. He didn't need direction. He seen things to do. He, in his humble way, he just kept working. He kept working. And what really impressed me, he worked through break time. He didn't need key, uh, tea and cookies. Well, no. He was there to help move. And he just constantly kept working. And you see, that, that sent a lesson to me and how, how we can improve in our lives. And so now let's get into the seasons of life with thinking about our influences and so on. The first season of life I said I want to look at is our past season. Now if you're 10 years old or less this morning, you don't have the same past to look back to as some of us that are 40 or more have a different past. But we can learn from the past. So let's look at Titus. I want to look at Titus chapter 3, a few verses thinking about the past season in our life. <clears throat> Titus chapter 3. I want to I break in at verse 3 in Titus 3. 
It says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another. Can you identify with that? I hope you can. That that's the way you was in your past. Foolish and disobedient. Well, when I was a child, when I was a small child, I'd go with my father to the feed mill. And so we'd go in the office, you know, and place our order. And it was a glass case there. And I noticed behind the glass case there was candy bars and candy. So when the man at the feed mill went out to help my father load, I got a bright idea. Why don't I get back there and get some of that candy? Wasn't that pretty foolish? Yes, it was. I got caught. And I was punished for it. And I think I even had to apologize to the man. Do you think I learned? No. Some years later, I became aware that in our freezer at the house was a delicious cake. I mean, I don't believe I ever saw up to that time a cake that looked so delicious. So, of course, I got the idea to get a piece sometime. And it was in the freezer and out of the way. And... But, you know, I got questioned about that missing cake. Of course, I tried to get out of it, but that didn't work. I was found guilty and punished. And, and you can look in your past. And, and, and I like these definitions on this verse that I read. It said that we were misled by others. We were not only foolish and disobedient, but we were misled by others. And I want you to notice this progression in this uh, definition here of this verse, be, we start out being foolish, disobedient, misled by others, and then we became slaves of the evil pleasures and wicked desires. And then it says we were hated, and notice we were misled by others, and I'm assuming those same people now hate us, and we hate them, and as we grow older, we were... <coughs> Interf these were interfering in our lives and we became miserable, making it difficult to our parents and others around us. Isn't that a wonderful description where we are when we're in a life of sin and we need to be delivered? And so praise God for verse 4 here in Titus 3. It says, but after the kindness of the love of God our Savior appeared toward toward men appeared. And you know, we can look at that at two different applications. We can say, well, it's like it says in Galatians that, you know, at the right time, Jesus came from heaven and appeared on earth. Or we can look at, and along with that, at the time when he appeared in our hearts because he, we accepted his offer for salvation. And that totally erases all those things in verse 3 because we accepted salvation in our heart. Came, it became a reality to us. 
And in verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You know, he didn't save us because we were good enough, but it was because of his kindness that he washed away our sins, which was poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, as it says in verse 6. And then in verse 7, we are justified by his grace and we can share the wealth of eternal life. So as we reflect on our past season, there's, there's positive things in our past. And I want you to think about the positive things in the past season of your life. Uh, I talked about the the negative things when we weren't saved. But now let's think about the positive things. You know, we had many good examples. We had parents that taught us the truth. We had teachers that poured themselves into our lives. We've had preachers and older ones that had a positive impact on us. And our peers, now now listen, our peers back in verse 3 were trying to mislead us. And now our peers that are saved are making an effort to grow in their faith and they're having an impact on us. And so the challenge for us in our current season is to pass on those same kind of vibes <clears throat> that we have learned from others. And I like this little story I heard once. It said that there was a, a little girl talking to her friend, which was a girl, and she referred to a third girl that was not present. And this is a statement that she made. She says, it's always so easy to do good when you're with her. Isn't that wonderful? Why can't we all be like that, regardless of the season of life we're in? Can we give those vibes to other people that it, it's, it just feels comfortable, it just feels the right thing to do to do good when you're with that person? And so may we take up that challenge to have that kind of impact. A third story I have to tell you is in the same vein as the other two stories. Uh, okay, the first story was about getting the, the root out. And the second story was about the, uh, the man moving. He was always on the move. The third story was uh, maybe about 15 years ago. At work, we had an old machine that had a flywheel on it. And a 20-year-old man and about a 50-year-old man tried to get this flywheel off the shaft. And I don't know why they were trying to get it off, but they tried to get this flywheel off. And they used a sledgehammer. They beat. They used all kinds of strength that they had. And they pulled and they hammered. And to no avail, that flywheel did not move. Well, they essentially give up. They could not get the flywheel off the shaft. Okay, think about the influence and the vibes 
that I'm getting ready to tell you. And this old man come along, a short little old man, and uh, he said, well, let me try. Of course, you know, the rest kind of hoot and hollered and said, well, what chance does he have when these two strong guys couldn't get it off? So he simply sits down on the floor, kind of scoots up to the flywheel. He gets out a little hammer and maybe another little tool and he just quietly sits there and taps a little bit over here and taps a little bit over here and a little over here. After a while, just slid off in his lap. You see, that had an impression on me. And uh, and we're, we're always, and see, he wasn't trying to make an impression on me. And the same thing happens in your life. You're making an impression on other people, how you respond to situations in your life. Okay, let's move on to the current season. That was the past season. Let's move on to the current season. And let's go to Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So as we're thinking about the current season, here's an important point I want you to remember that when you're thinking about the current season, don't let the mistakes and the disappointments of the past sidetrack your potential for the present. Okay? We can ask God for forgiveness of those things in the past. And we need to. And we need to move on. Because we're living in our current season. And, and ver let's go to verse 1 actually in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Notice what it says. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. So he was saying that, and in verse 2, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And so he's saying, in, in general terms, what we all know, that Jesus is coming back. And he doesn't really need to remind them of that. But it's interesting that he said, you know, the times and the seasons. So now let's jump down to verse 12 on 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And so he's simply saying here, know the leaders of your church and appreciate them and respect them and because they're looking out for your spiritual good. And so I'm talking about seasons today. And so my wife and I are getting ready to move into our last season. And so I'm going to be, and I hope somebody makes room for me back on the sixth bench because I'm moving back to the sixth bench. And Brother Jay and Brother Samuel, Brother Claire and Dave's going to be your ministerial team. And I want you to do as it says in verse 12. Pray for them. Learn to know them. And, and, and verse 13 implies that to show... If you want to show the ministry your appreciation for their work, did you see what it says? It says, be at peace among yourselves. There you go. That will bless them. 
moving on, that there's plenty for all of us to do in the current season of our life. We're, we're focusing on the current season of our life that we warn them they're unruly. This is for all of us. This is not just for the ministry. This is for all of us to comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, you know, encourage the timid or the faint-hearted, <clears throat> whether it's physical or spiritual, and be patient and send out those good vibes, the influence that we have on others. In verse 15, check our motives. And, and uh, verse 15 says, <clears throat> see that none render evil for evil. Don't respond the way you were treated, but do good both among yourselves and to all men. And you know, we all get into situations that aren't good. But it says, you know, be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted. And as that song said, always pray. It says, pray without ceasing. And you know, I, I always think about, uh, I'm reminded when I think about prayer and in the book of Revelation, it said, it's okay, here it's telling us to pray without ceasing. And you and I both know that our prayers aren't always answered in the way that we ask them to be answered. But nevertheless, we beseech God and make our prayers to Him. And did you know what happens to your prayers, whether they are answered or not answered? If you read Revelation 5 and Revelation 8, it says it comes up before God in a sweet odor of incense. So that's the uh, second journey of our prayer. And so don't get discouraged when you pray and you say, well, nothing happens. Well, just remember, it's still going up as an incense before God and it's blessing God that you're beseeching God but he's not answering in the way you're praying because he has something else in mind at the time or he will answer that prayer later. And this continues on in verse 18. It says, in everything give thanks. Not, you might not be thankful for the particular thing that you're experiencing, but if we can have an over all thankful attitude that God allowed this in my life, he has a purpose, and if we can convey that attitude, it will send out positive influence to others. Verse 19, we're, we're thinking what we can do in our current season. It says, quench not the Spirit. That, that implies that we don't subdue the Holy Spirit by the way we live or the places we go. We don't hinder the Holy Spirit's work. And we do things... To, um, and it talks about revelations. I'm sorry, it talks about despise not prophesying. You know, we, we hear somebody maybe give their interpretation on a prophecy of Scripture. Let's don't get perturbed about it because we might not have the correct understanding either. Verse 21 says, Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. And is there ever a time as truth has been tramped down and falsehood spread in our day and says, hold on to the truth. Keep away from evil. Anything that appears evil, keep away from it. Said, abstain from all appearance of evil. 
That's something that we can do in our current season. Okay, now we're getting ready to go into the next season. This is the future season, and wherever you are in life, that could be different places. But like I said, um, we're getting ready, my wife and I, to move into the next season. You know, we've been here at the peak since 1997, and you've been a wonderful congregation to us. And in, in 2003, God called me from the sixth bench to move up to the front bench, and now I'm getting ready to go back to the sixth bench. Well, this is still going to be our home church, and we want to be here, but we will probably won't be here as much because we may be with CAM more and visiting other churches and so on, but this is still our home church, and you've blessed us in so many ways. Now, as we go into the next season, I want to look at a few scattered verses and I hope we don't find ourselves, as it says in Jeremiah, <clears throat> that when we enter the last season of our life, make sure we examine our life. Because in Jeremiah 8.20 it said, the harvest is past, the summer is over, and we are not saved. How sad. And so we, we have time if that is the case. And I'm sure as we get older and move into the last seasons of our life, uh, I thought of a verse in Genesis 18:19, And this is what God said about Abraham. He says, I know him, that he will command his household after him, and they will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Can God say that about you and me as fathers? Can he be that strong? Can God have that level of confidence in you and me as fathers that he knows that we will command our children after him? I was talking to a father maybe several weeks ago, and, and I know his son. And his son was in a difficult situation. And these are both, uh, I would say, staunch Christians. And the father said, I don't know what my son's going to decide in this situation, but I know what he, what he does is going to be right. Isn't that a blessing? I know what he does is going to be right. There's a verse in 3 John 4, and I hope we as parents can feel the blessings in that verse. And I, and I want to phrase, I want to say this before I comment on the verse that I know our children have the choice of freedom. And I know our children at times make choices that we did not instruct them to make. And they go against as we as parents. But this truth still remains. In 3 John, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. And we as pastors feel the same way 
about the faithful members of our congregation here at the peak. That just blesses us to no end. When you're faithful, following the Lord, and raising your families in a godly way. I want to turn to Jude, a few verses from Jude as we're thinking about the last season of life. Jude 21 says, But beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, keep praying in the Holy Ghost. And maybe in the last season, you're not all in the last season, but, but uh, it's good for us in whatever season we're in to be mindful of this truth. It says to keep yourselves in the love of God. Now why would he say that we need to keep ourselves in the love of God? And you know, I had the privilege of counseling Brother Lloyd Hartzler in his last years of his life, and I would go visit him. And you know, he was a tremendous evangelist, teacher, and preacher for many, many years. But did you know in his last days, he was getting a little, his confidence wasn't there. See, the devil was working on him. And, it, and, and so the challenge is that whatever age group you are in, uh, I read this quote, says, stay always within the boundaries where God's love can reach and bless you. We have that responsibility to stay within those boundaries in whatever age group we're in. Verse 22 here in Jude, it says, on some have compassion in making a difference. <clears throat> You know, this may be our last opportunity to convince someone else in their doubt. And it talks about verse 23, pulling them out of the fire. You know, in the process, we need to be careful that we're not pulled into their sins when we're trying to pull them out of the fire. And we need... In verse 24 and 25, we need his power in our lives because as we grow older, there's a one aspect as we grow older, and we've been in the scriptures for many years, but our mental abilities deteriorate just like our bodies deteriorate. Let's keep that in mind. And God can help us. But he's able, it says here, to keep us from slipping and falling away. And he's going to be able to present us without blemish before the presence of his glory. Now let me refer back to Revelation 5.8 where it talks about the prayers. When we pray to God, our prayers, like I said then, are visible and they come up before God. And God remembers who prayed that prayer. You know, it, it comes up in his presence as incense, as a collective blessing to him. But he knows who prayed those prayers. In Revelation, uh, thinking about the last season of our life, Revelation 14, 13, at the end of the last season, they will rest from their toils and their trials and their good deeds will follow them into heaven. Our verse says today that do uh, your, 
Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And that's what we do in humility for God's honor and glory. In Revelation 14, 13 says that those good deeds will follow us into heaven. So in conclusion, a few thoughts from, um, I'm sorry, from Ecclesiastes 12. I just want to, and Ecclesiastes 12 has a good overview of all the seasons of life. Maybe that should be your homework for today. Go home and read Ecclesiastes 12 and Notice all the seasons of life it talks to in that chapter. It says, Remember now the Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. It talks about the strong men, how they will bow themselves. It talks about how they will rise up in the morning when they hear the voice of the birds singing. The keeper of the house shall tremble, the sound of the grinding and then desire shall fail, and man goeth to his long home. The dust shall return to the earth as it was. The spirit shall return to God who gave it. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Shall we sing?